Welcome to the Let's Be Candid podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Layla. And on this podcast, we're bringing real stories and experiences of non-monogamy. We wanted to highlight the fun side of unlearning monogamy and how liberating it can be. Or awkward or ridiculous, (laughs) but it's always an adventure. All of our stories are real, our guests are real, but their names might not be. Regardless, there's lots to learn and laugh about here. We do talk about adult experiences for adult years. So pro tip here, if you think it might be inappropriate for someone else, we do ask that you are mindful of how you choose to listen to us. And with that being said, let's hop in. Hey, Layla. Hi, Brian. Uh, I'm excited to start this podcast with you. I know we have hundreds and hundreds of users on Candid already and dozens that want to be on a podcast. We thought it might make sense to start with us first. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I why would anybody want to listen to this if they didn't have an idea of who we are, what we are, what we do, all that jazz? So I'm excited to, because uh, I have, I'm excited to ask you some questions too, Brian, because I know you very well, but I want to know you even better. Yeah, I want to share more, and I really don't want to have a boring podcast. I think there's a lot of stuff in the space that's boring when it's such a fun, sexy, sometimes awkward uh, place. Mm-hmm. You know, awkward space to work in. So why don't we just talk about those stories? And I think people would love that. It'll normalize it, make it more approachable, make people feel like they don't have to be perfect in their E&M or their poly exploration. So yeah, I think us going first, like, let's just be 100% honest. Let's just be candid. Let's be candid. Let's be fucking candid. (laughs) So first of all, I want to talk about Dom stuff. Okay. Okay. I just want to, let's just like get to it. Okay. I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat it. I don't need to know your fucking birthday or your favorite color. I want to know your Dom shit. So can you tell me a little bit more about like what being a Dom means to you and what's your background in this space regarding the Dom stuff? All right. Do you know what Dom stands for? Dominant. Listen, I don't think of myself as a Dom. I think that my behaviors are very Dom-like, but- Sometimes when people refer to themselves as a dom, I think it's kind of like people referring to themselves as, a, as an alpha. People who say, I'm an alpha male. You know, if you're an alpha male, you don't have to tell, you are, you aren't, you don't have to tell people you are. So, I mean, if you're on a dating app and, you know, someone calls themselves an alpha or a goddess, I would say, watch out. Okay, but the goddess thing, that's for Findom. Let's be honest. So the goddess thing, because I've used that on some of my OnlyFans. So when someone says that they're into Findom, it's because they want to abuse people for money. Yeah, I would just say stop calling yourself goddess. <laughs> I, there are there goddesses out there. Fine. Sure. Most people aren't. I, I don't call myself a god. So uh, similar, you know, I don't call <laughs> myself a god. I get triggered by goddess. I get triggered by people calling themselves a dom. So I don't think I am. a. I don't think of myself as a dom, but my behaviors sexually are pretty dominant. And I think that part of what turns me on is when a new partner has limits. And then through the course of those relationships, those limits get removed. Like, for example, I'll start dating someone like, don't choke me. Okay, cool. Two weeks later, they're like, okay, choke me a little bit and then keep going and then keep going and see where it goes. And so I really get off to that. I think also I have a very like domineering attitude in bed. So like, I would never let you spank me, but I'll spank others. Like I would bind others, but don't bind me. And so there's certain behaviors that I do that are more dominant that I do to others and it's hot, but I would never let someone do to me. Never? Or at least I, th- at least I thought I would never let. <gasps> people do those things to me okay i can't wait to hear more about that that's for sure how long have you like considered yourself more of a dominant person in bed is this kind of a newer discovery have you always been like this Uh, that's a couple things like one yes i've always been like this and needed to control it two was like earlier in my sexual career i guess i'd say that i struggled with erectile dysfunction 
when women were on top. And so kind of to get around that, I was like, well, if I'm always in control of the rhythm, of the pace, of the adrenaline that's coming out of this, then I can control my performance. And so part of my dom nature came out of insecurity, right? I didn't want someone else on top of me and for me to go flaccid. So then I would just be in charge constantly. Okay. And and it's very self-serving too. Like my dom nature initially was very self-serving. So like some people are in a rope play. I find rope play really boring and non-sexual. So some people want to be rope bunnies and that I just have zero interest in that. I'll tie you up and bind you in a sexual way, but not in a rigged or like display format. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. I can't, okay. I, my curiosity is killing me and I know we're going to go on tangents on this podcast. So I may as well uh-huh. just get that started. Okay. I need to know about your sub experience because it sounds, it sounded like you were only into the Dom aspect. And now I'm hearing that maybe you've done some sub stuff, which I'm shocked to hear and excited. Was yeah. this like a new, a new thing? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yeah. Tell, tell me. Oh man. How did this start? Definitely started letting people take control a little bit more in bed. It, it was, it was more like, I'm going to give it to you right now. Like you can be in control for a little bit and then I'm going to take it back. But I would say I was never in an emotional subspace in that. I just wasn't in charge. I think subspace, what I realized recently was I had this experience where I got, I was actually submitted by a woman or a pair of women in the situation and I was pegged. And in that situation, it was not just the the pegging because I had been pegged before. It was the ferocity that this person came at me with, like the intensity that they brought, where there was this point where it was like, it was uncomfortable, uncomfortable. And instead of like stopping it, I just like released and let go. <gasps> yes. And that when that happened, like there was a release of tension, there's an increase in pleasure, but also emotionally, I didn't know what was happening to me. Like I, where it got weird was like, I started making noises I never make in bed. Oh, wait, can you make some of those noises right now? I can't because I'm not. Why? I'm not in that subspace right now. Okay, I, I just need. To, okay, it was just like I started under like in bed. Like men tend to breathe heavily, and women tend to moan. And like you don't often find men moaning. Like watch porn, you don't see men moan. You don't really hear men moaning unless they're orgasming. Right? They're talking, they're giving direction, but they're not really like moaning from pleasure. Do you know what I mean? No, you're 100% right. Because I will watch, I will scroll forward to the end of porn so I can hear the men moan and that gets me off. Right. In this in point of view porn, you never hear the man at all. Yeah. Even when they're orgasming, sometimes I think they're trying to be quiet because they are really not a part of the production. It is like the fantasy of you with the porn star. And so part of how I realized I was like, this is a new space for me. was like, I started naturally moaning and I couldn't stop moaning because of how it felt. And my partner was there supporting me through it. There were like chills and tears kind of started come like tear, like pleasurable tears Ooh. of being completely, I had zero control in this moment and totally being dominated by uh, this person. We'll call, we'll call her Jay. In that moment, like massive trust for Jay, but also, man, Jay could really be mean right now and there's nothing I can do about it. Would you do it again? We've been trying to schedule some time with Jay since then. Like we've been trying to trying to do it again for sure. Cause I, I think I'd be better at it this time around. But uh, there's this moment where like we stopped and I'll just share this quick story. There's a moment when we stopped, I went to the restroom just to like clean. I mean, there's a, there's a lot going to the restroom, clean up, looked in the mirror. I'm like, who the hell are you? Like, who is this person? <laughs> I never thought that I'd be in this space. Am I a sub? I'm not a sub. Wait a minute. Am I a sub? Like this whole like back and forth. You know, five minutes later, I go back in the bedroom, you know, there on the bed, 
and I sit on the far corner of the bed by myself. Like the best way I can describe it is I get into child's pose on the bed alone. Exactly. And that's exactly the response that they had. And so they opened up my arms and they said, Hey, come here. And it was my first time experiencing aftercare also. Typically I'm the one caring for others because I've just done the damage and for them to hold me for five minutes and a tear or two drop. I mean, that was also part of how I recognized that this was a new emotional state, not just like a physical experience. Oh, for friend, also for those that don't know, pegging is when someone wears like a strap on dildo that they put on and then they give pleasure to the other person with that strap on for those that Mm -hmm. don't know. And then you're talking about Jay, which is an outside woman and then your fiance, correct? Yes. Okay. Is there anything about that experience that you did not like? Or you would have done differently, perhaps. Well, yeah, I just didn't know how to prepare for anal. So part of it is just like embracing the you're playing with a butthole here. And there's certain shit that happens, right? Literally. And like part of it was letting that go. This was also like, you know, my partner, uh, M, had pegged me before with like a very small toy. The one that Jay brought was much larger. It was for prostates. And so there were things there that I, I didn't expect. Wait, did you come? Almost. I wish I would have. Like I I have later from subsequent uh, experiences with other people, let myself go to the point that I can't orgasm in that moment. Wait, how do you do that? Do you like jerk off while it's like getting... Well, my partner was doing that for me. So that was really cool. So I was being pegged and then my partner was supporting with that. But oh man, so much here. (laughs) I can see you reliving it. You love it. But I feel like this whole lifestyle is very much, very symbolic. I feel like living in this lifestyle is very similar to anal when the more that you relax and let go and kind of trust the process, the more enjoyable it is. And there's a lot that I've learned where it's like, okay, let's add extra lube. Let's add, you know, let's add a vibrator. Let's add this. Like what's going to make anal more pleasurable for me? And I feel like that's how this lifestyle in general has been for me you know? So it's kind of symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. The challenge I found with orgasming with something in your butt for a guy is that like I tense up in order to orgasm, but to receive, you have to relax. And so those things felt like they were at odds and I needed to play with that a little bit, but it is crazy how how often like men don't want to do this. So you and I have been at play parties together when we're doing introductions and people are saying what their limits are. And so often the men say no butt play. It's almost unanimous. No butt play, no butt play. There's always one or two, usually me being one of them, that's open to it now. And it's shocking how much men limit themselves. You were, you were born with this extra hole. And for some reason, society said, don't touch that. Don't do anything with it. If you do that, you're gay. Mm. And, it, and it's so done. We're just holding ourselves back from pleasure. And I think for many men, it's not until we meet the right partner where we feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable that we let it in and see what else is there. I love that we explored it, but I think that without it being my partner and Jay mm-hmm. specifically, and Jay has this mama bear kind of energy that I just trust. I wouldn't have gone that far or experienced it. Yeah. You're with somebody that you trusted that was going to take care of your body and your feelings. Yeah. I love that you witnessed aftercare for the first time. Do you kind of wish that you had done this prior? Was it one of those things where you were like, holy shit, I should have been doing this aftercare thing this whole time? No, I I think, I think that like, I don't, you know, to to that point, the most aftercare I'd received is like, you know, here's a towel. And I think one, one, one time someone like went to the bathroom, made the towel warm with warm water and what, and came out like, here's a, a hot towel. It's like, that's really nice. Like that wow. was the extent of after you ever done that for your partner. 
Actually, I uh, I did. I went to a reverse gangbang a couple of weeks ago, and it was one guy and like six girls, and he was having sex with someone, and he was just dripping sweat, just dripping. And I was taking a break, you know, and so I went in the kitchen and got him like a damp cloth, and like as he's fucking the girl, I'm like wiping his back. I'm like, does that feel good, Daddy? He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's nice. People, if you haven't tried this yet, the next time you play with your partner and you go to the bathroom, you get a towel, run some hot water on it. Like it feels a lot better. It's a nice it's little reset. Elevation. Yeah. It's like, it's a refresh. It's a reset, whether that's like going on to the next position or taking a break or whatever. Like it's a really good way to reset. Exactly. So because you've never really seen yourself as a dumb, but you've been dominant for most of your sexual experiences, like how has being a sub and then the aftercare of that informed how you are in your normal sexual life? Mm. Yeah, I think I'm a lot more empathetic about what I'm, you know, what I'm causing or what the other person's going through. It's odd because I was like, man, I'll never know what it feels like to be penetrated vaginally, right? I wish I could trade places to see what that's like. And I wish you could trade places to see what it's like to have a penis. But what I was able to respect was like, all right, this is what anal feels like probably for most people. After I've done that work on someone or like that exchange of energy has happened, what do they need from me right now? Is that like a hug? Is that a hot towel? Is that for me to just shut up? Is that for me to walk away for a couple of minutes? Like what is aftercare? I don't think I ever asked what aftercare was like for someone. You know, but sometimes people are saying, you know, I have a partner who says she wants to be choked until the point of passing out. And, it, you know, it's a pretty crazy thing. And like, I was afraid to, to go that far with them because like, what if I can't bring this person back? Wait, a partner wants that of yours? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I know that that's a whole kink and everything, but they want to be like out for a you second. You know, when it started like choke me, oh my God, I couldn't breathe. I almost passed out. That's crazy. I want to pass out. <gasps> that's gnarly shit man that's trust though too it's trust and so i was afraid to do it and the first time we did it was there was another person there who was like a medical professional it's like a nurse so it was like all right great because just in case there's two people here to sort this situation out but i think part of this play space is what do you want to try like you're not wrong for wanting that experience let's try to figure out how we can give that to you as safely as possible right. if possible but in a situation like that to your question annie annie all right, I'm going to choke you, you're going to pass out. And then I'm going to let you breathe, slow down. Let's take some time. And then we get back into it. And so like aftercare, or you might even call it middle care, it's become a thing for sure. Ooh, middle care? Wait, I've never heard that term before. And so like in between the sessions, it's like, let's drink some water. Are you drinking water? Right. That would be considered like middle care, I right? think sometimes he, Dom, Dom means like I'm in charge and I'm rough the whole time. And I think sometimes people like, sometimes it is that it's like degradate, degradation the whole time, but people need breaks. Like water would be helpful. You you spank the hell out of somebody for a while. Like it's okay every once in a while to like rub and not be one trick pony or to trick them. Part of it is like, don't do the same thing over and over again. So absolutely. I think that aftercare and middle care, depending on how long you have sex, like if you want to extend your sex, like you know, do some little care. Mm-hmm. See, I think the way that I allow, like that I like to be dominated is like in a very loving way where it's almost kind of like a daddy where they will be rough with me, but they'll also hold my face and, you know, be like, oh, you're so pretty. And then like smack me around and be like, I'm so proud of you, right. you stupid slut. Right. You know, so it's like this juxtaposition. <sighs> it's my, it's exactly. my favorite. Some people want to be forced to say they love you. Some people want to be put in a cage and forced to watch. I mean, there's there's all sorts of different flavors to this. 
Wait, was it you that did the cage? I haven't done the cage yet, but it is some someone has requested a cage. I have one. If, if you need one, I have one. I have two actually. I have a small one and a big yeah, one. You have dog cages. And I do have dog I, cages. That where dogs are in, and I <laughs> I wanted to I'll be like clean a it. yeah. People want to be in a cage, but they also want to be they want to have clean sexual experiences. So yeah, not everybody. I, I think I think I'll just get a cage and, <laughs> and use it. Fine, if you don't want my dirty dog cage, whatever. So you're saying that okay? So I wanted to talk about you were like I, w- I wonder what intercourse feels like for women, right? Uh-huh. I'll tell you, uh-huh. Q-tips. So you know you get out of a hot shower, uh-huh. you haven't cleaned your ears in a while, you get a Q-tip and you start going in and you get those tingles all over your body uh-huh. and you feel real full and real good. That's what it feels like to have sex as a woman or someone with a vagina. That's so interesting you say that because I often use Q-tips after sex because I sometimes go deaf when I like orgasm. <laughs> I lose hearing in my ear. Like legitimately, Wait, no, like, like they go numb, like they the sound becomes like really muted. It's like, you know, when you're underwater, you get water stuck in your ears. Yeah, it's like that. And so I often have to use Q-tips after sex. So that is interesting. That is something for me to That's think about. Funny. Next time I clean it out, I'll think about that. That's so unique. Mm-hmm. One of the unique things about Jay was like, I we didn't find her in the wild. She got referred to us, you know, in, in normal dating, you got to meet people in the wild. It's like a doggy dog world, basically. And you don't share people, but you know, the poly space or the, the open space, people refer other people. And it's it's one of the best ways to meet other humans. And so we had played with another couple and they talked about Jay. And then someone who had played with us talked to her about us and vice versa. So when we met each other at a party, we had already kind of heard about each other and there was this level of trust there. So it was almost like it was brokered. And then when I mentioned that I was curious about pegging, someone said, you know, Jay's good at that. You should talk to them. And the openness in which people refer in the space is unique. You know, if you want to have a lot of sex, like you can either like pay for it or just like be non-monogamous and like it will be referred your way right. as a guy. Do y'all regularly see Jay then? We see Jay twice a month at least. Not non-sexually, but we see Jay at snowboard events and, and things like that. We're going to some John Dickweed, Jickweed, John Digweed. We're going to a John Digweed concert <laughs> with Jay and some friends it's non-sexual. Like we went to a, uh, an all-white party with Jay the other day and it was a blast. So we don't always play with this person, but I, I know that it's coming. You know what's unique is that Jay has a toy that I have never seen before. She has a couple of toys and they sold out. And so the only way for me to really experience these toys is if Jay comes back around actually. <gasps> yeah, it's a couple of toys that her and a couple other people in the space have and toys get discontinued. And it's a unique way to have a calling card in the space. Like who has the best pegging dildo? So if you want that experience, you got to work with Jay. That's cool. I have more questions, but they're not like Dom related. What is it? Do you get post-nut clarity? Is that Like regret? I guess. Because I know know someone that goes to parties with us. And the second he comes, he looks around at these sex parties and he's like, this is disgusting. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never had that at a party, but I've had that in sexual relationships with people where I can't speak for all men. Sometimes for me, the excitement of the pursuit is enough. And knowing that I can sleep with someone is really what I want. If it's the hottest person that I think is the hottest person at the bar, I might not actually want to sleep with them because I have something else to do the next day. I just want to know that I can. What happens is sometimes in that process, they actually do want to sleep with you. And now you feel pressure to perform and go do it. And so I would go through with it. And in the past, when I was like not the most faithful person, went all the way and then immediately regretted it. And I think that today I recognize that like wanting to be wanted is enough. And I would have this like post 
nut regret. But that was from cheating, right? So you'd get post-nut clarity after cheating. And it wasn't always cheating. It was just like, hey, I knew this person wanted more than what I just gave them. I'd have been fine masturbating instead. And so I definitely have (laughs) this like clarity that comes to me sometimes afterwards. But usually it's like I went into that situation for the wrong reasons. In non-monogamy, like it could be, you know, I brought in a partner, a partner that my person wasn't really that into and that they were just doing that for me. And then once it's Mm -hmm. over, I'm like, hmm, that's the last time we'll play with that person. Right. You and your partner only play together, right? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So what makes somebody good in bed for you guys? That's something we're always trying to figure out. I think it's, if it adds to our relationship, if we're having fun with it and it adds to our relationship and I'm realizing that my partner needs like a mental stimulation. So people that can hold a conversation uh, outside of the bedroom is really important to them. And then for me, it's just important that like everyone is kind of equally trying to help each other out. We've had partners that have come in that have been pretty selfish and self-centered. And then we've had people that have come in and and been well-rounded. And by selfish and self-centered, you're meaning they're getting off real quick. They're like, thanks for the good time. Bye. I feel like there's a juicy story in there. There is. Look look at him. He's holding back. Just tell us. I'm not holding back. I'm trying to figure out what I I want to say here and how much I want to say. Provide first and last names. (laughs) I mean, look, we've had people who don't work out and they can't hang. Right. Like my stamina and my partner's stamina is pretty solid. So like we've had people who are like 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in are like exhausted. That's less, less, less selfish, but they weren't taking care of themselves. Like physically, like they were just after like 10, 15 minutes, they're like I need a break. Yeah. If you want to be in this non-monogamous space, you should take care of your body. Part of it's so that you're attractive to others. The other part is that I think about like I, as a man, at some point you will see your partner with another male who can go the distance. And how's that going to make you feel? And so I think there's all these things you're going to end up facing, but selfish lovers, like we've all had selfish lovers, like they might just be t- trying to get off for themselves. I think in a threesome situation though, my partner can pick up if that person wanted to play with both of us, or they really just wanted to play with me mm. and they're kind of dealing with her in order to get to me. Right. Have we, have you ever had to kick somebody out? Like have you and your partner ever been with someone and you're like, we're d- this is not going to work out. Can you please leave? No, but we've had a situation where we should have left. The signs were all over the wall and we should have left way before. You have to tell this story. You fucking, you have to tell this story, Brian. It's just, they're lovely people. I would refer others to them. This is not best for us. And You're not going to tell it. No, I'm going to tell you. It was like, I mean, we met, they forced us, they, they made a charcuterie board. Wait, okay. That's precious. You, you would think I'm lactose intolerant, but this person. <laughs> First red flag charcuterie board a cheese board they didn't ask like if there were dietary restrictions here and then we weren't really eating the cheese board because you don't want to eat before you play but they were definitely feeling some type of way about us not eating this cheese and so i mean we felt like we kind of had to eat the cheese i mean we should have left right then wait hold on what did they say were you like were they like oh you don't like our cheese no they just made a comment they're like hey no one's eating the charcuterie board like this person gets off to making charcuterie boards so so we had to like try the charcuterie board. And I mean, we, we should have left then. And it just like, de- like the whole thing just went downhill from there. And there was like one situation after another, you know, once they started, once the karaoke came out and they were singing us a duet, I mean, we should have just bounced. Okay. See, so far, everything you're, everything you're saying right now, Brian, I would have loved. That's what I'm saying. Like for you, I would refer other people to them. You would, I think you would have a lot of fun. With- no, because of what you're about to disclose next. Continue. I'm not going to. You're not going to do that part? <laughs> Oh, that's such a bummer. Not today. Listen, listeners, sometimes like there are stories out there that, oh man, it's just, look, 
You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hate me as a co-host, Brian. I hope you know. I this. am. You know, if you're like, listen, fellas, if you're ever penetrating someone and they are instructing you what percentage depth you can go, like, like maybe just leave. You know, like if, if someone's like, yeah, yeah, you know, twenty percent, thirty percent, okay, now fifty percent, okay, no, 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 back off, back off, go back to forty. You're just not, you're not gonna have a good time. What do you mean? They're co- they were communicating their boundaries and what they wanted and what they needed. So what, what, what's the deal? Why didn't you like it? Because I want to put more than like twenty percent of my penis into someone sure but like, that's what they were comfortable with in the moment <laughs> there's so much to this my partner's gonna hate that i'm talking about this story but i mean it, it was the addition it was addition of everything it's like all right you got force fed a charcuterie board uh <laughs> they force you to listen to them sing karaoke you're not allowed to touch them without neoprene gloves on and then uh there's a percentage of your penis you can and can't put in you, and then there's a countdown at some point to orgasm and like all of that like if you're if you look if you're having if you're playing with someone you're doing a swap and at some point someone in the room starts counting down to an orgasm point <laughs> i like, i think you can leave like you probably should have left before then that wasn't the first sign that this was going wrong that's the part i wanted there's one porn star i know who just done that and it's ron jeremy <laughs> like if a countdown starts be curious look are they going to pull that off? But that's probably the last time you play with that partner. And look, I love those people. I would refer people to them. I think they're great. Just not the right experience for us. Yeah, I think I might want their info. I got you. Intro immediately. We'll add them to the platform. Thank and- you. Yeah, no, this is... And see, you guys, this is what it's all about. But yeah, I'd love to meet them because one, I am a slut for charcuterie boards. Absolute slut. I like variety. So I want a little bit of this, a little bit of this. Oh, now I'm feeling a little peckish for some chocolate and some grapes, you know? And karaoke? Bitch, I rock karaoke. I would be so stoked and wet if a couple brought out a karaoke machine. But the second somebody starts counting down that they're going to come, like, all right, five, four, three. I'm like, oh, like, how did you not laugh? Wait, did you laugh? I laughed. <laughs> I, I just turned, I turned my, I turned my head and M put her mouth over her own, her hand over her mouth. Your partner. Yeah, my partner put her hand over her mouth. I was just curious if they were going to pull it off. Like that's, that is a ball. I would not do that in front of other humans. That is a, that is a ballsy move. It is ballsy. And they did it like on one blast off. It wasn't on, it wasn't on zero. Like it got to zero and then it might've been like five or six seconds after that, but it was pretty close. <laughs> you guys, if you guys are going to count down, can you, do you have to fucking do it right? I think it takes talent. I I can't talk when I when I'm about to come. Like, don't ask me questions. Don't ask me like how it feels or if it's good. I'm not speaking. I'm very very focused on what is happening in this situation. If you ask me to speak, I it takes me out. So the fact that he could consciously count down that's impressive. So how long after? Because those with the penis are different. When you and this actually relates to the counting down. When you are coming, do you come before your ejaculate comes out? Like, are you having an orgasm before your cum comes out? Yes. yes. Okay. And then how long are you coming while the cum is coming? Like, how long do you have an orgasm for usually? How long does it feel really good? Man, it depends. It depends. But like, I I usually have, it, it feels like two orgasms. It feels like the initial like hit of like, okay, the orgasm is coming. And then it kind of like trails off a little bit and then comes up and pops. And so that's, that's how like, we know it's coming. And that's how you can ruin orgasms sometimes. Because like you start coming and then the penis slips out or, you know, you switch up the rhythm or something like that, or the babysitter walks in something. 
<laughs> and then you never get to complete. And that's the worst. That is that is the worst thing. So I think for me, that, that whole thing can last like 20, 25 seconds, I think. What? I've never timed it. I'll tell you what, I'll time it. And on a future episode, I'll let you know how long that lasts. Okay. From start to finish. But there's an initial like pop or like squirt. And then later is like the actual like. So you get pre- you mean like pre-cum squirt? It's like a volcano. Like when a volcano erupts, there's like some steam first. It gets going, it's going, and then pop, and then it pops. Got it. Yeah. 25 seconds. I just don't believe you. So you're going to have to time that. At max, like like probably the longest. No, I, I'll have I'll have orgasms that'll be that long, but I have to be like so insanely turned on for like 30, 45 for sure. minutes, like just like edging, like that kind of shit. Then I'll orgasm for a long time. Also, sure. my orgasms are 10 billion times stronger from anal. Also, did you know that squirting is like another form of like a different kind of orgasm? It is. Uh, my partner and I have been discovering this over the past few months. <gasps> really? Did she squirt for the first time? Uh, a few months ago. It requires like a relaxation. Yeah. She was kind of afraid to go there and now she did. And it is a different type of thing. Oh. I mean, we use a lot of towels now. And, yes. You know, it's, it's great. <laughs> Thank God for the uh, mattress protectors. Mm-hmm. I, I recently mm-hmm. discovered uh, squirting also. I didn't know that I could do that for 31 years I didn't know that I could squirt I also thought it was fake like I thought girls were faking it and they were just peeing on a bed and they're like I squirted I'm like bitch you nasty well in porn a lot of what you see is fake really them gushing at the level that they're that they are what are they what are they doing what are they doing I think they're just peeing really the level at which they're gushing I mean I've had some gushers for sure right where it's like it's pretty wet but it's not it's never like shooting up that high, oh, that far, no. for that long. No, my squirt doesn't travel. It just, I'm just right. like soaked right in my in my spot. Right. I think that's for visual effect. I kind of want to learn how to do that though. No, I think you do it every day. I think you just do it on a toilet. I think you like do what you do on a toilet in your bed, and it, and it's and it's fairly similar. Look, I mean, I could be wrong about this. There's no science behind this. Like you can talk to a doctor. They they don't really know what's coming out. It, it's mostly urine. No, I want you to tell me what's coming out. I want you to tell me the facts. So like, yeah. <laughs> I've, when, I've it, tasted it and it tastes like pee. It, it, no, tastes like, it does. It tastes and smells like pee, but it's, it, it is, it's urine, but it's like pre-urine like that. I don't think it's actually. Just yeah, sure. We can call it. We yeah. can call it that. Pre- it's like urine pre-pee. urine contaminant or something like that. I don't <laughs> what? Know, I'm like pre-pee and Brian's like urine contaminant. It's like what the urine travels in. So sexy. Can you can you urine contaminant for me, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think squirting's great. I don't go into sex aiming to make people squirt. But like the number of guys out there who like try to make women squirt, like they cut up a lot of vaginas trying to finger them with their like fingernails trying to make this thing yep. happen. That... It feels good, but it's it's like not as powerful as an orgasm. And mm-hmm. I would say one of the things that triggers me at parties is like some guy trying to do that to my partner. Like she doesn't really love it, doesn't really care for it. I look at it and it seems like the guy is more committed to making it happen and the girl actually cares for it yeah. to be happy. Yeah. If you're not a, like, if you don't know a hundred percent that you can do it, try it for a little bit. And after like a minute or two, you can't do it. Just try something else. Right. Like my husband can get me and most of my girlfriends to squirt and like five pumps. He has his hand. He does the, the whole like hook thing. One, two, three, four, five squirt everywhere. And guys, listen, if you can't do that, it does not matter. Don't go feeling you have to do that to be good in bed. Yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls. You guys, you don't. Cause then you got to clean it up now you need a hot towel and new sheets <laughs> see, see what we did you guys we brought it all the way back can you tell me about the first time you ever put something up your your own butt and was it yourself that put something up there or was it a play partner so listen all right here's the thing 
And this kind of... It's always the best when your stories start that way. And this kind of aligns with, like, the whole Dom thing. Like, you know, there's a point in my life where I wanted to do more anal, but no one would let me put my penis in their butts. Like, and it would just annoy me. And so I remember there was this one time I was, like, trying to train a partner of mine, and we bought some toys, and they didn't... They're like, it won't go, it won't go. And I was like, dude, I think you're just, like, being a punk. Like, I think you need to just, like, suck it up and push it in. And she's like, no, no, really, it's like too big, it's too big. And I was like, all right, give it to me, I'm gonna do it. And so like I like it was total ego driven. It's like I'm gonna put this thing in my butt, and I did, I did. Like I looped it up and like put it in there. It's like a, like a fat like a uh, butt plug or something like that. And so it was with a partner, totally ego driven, because I wanted to prove that they were being a, a little a little punk about it. Okay, did you did you like it? Were you like, this oh, it hurt. Really oh, it good. totally hurt. Like you can't go from like zero. <laughs> You can't go from zero to 100. It, it wasn't about the pleasure. It was about proving that I was right, that I could get this thing oh. in my butt, you know, without crying or complaining about it or any of the stuff that was happening at the time. He's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get you a wet rag. He's like crying in the kitchen. Yeah. Like we are not together anymore. Like, it, I mean, my butt hurt for a few days, but that's not the point, Layla. The point is... <laughs> It got in there, yeah. and I and I'm grateful for that experience because, like, years later, I was like, "Hey, like, I know I I know what my butt's capable of." Can I tell you the first thing that went in my my husband's? What butt? was it? Okay, so we were probably like a year into our relationship, and he came to my house and he wanted to do anal, of course, because I feel like all so many men love anal, especially in like my earlier years. I feel like all the young men are like, "Oh, anal!" It was still I don't know, just everyone just wants to do it and try it or whatever. And I've never really liked anal; like it's always been very painful for me. I have to use a vibrator in order to get off. I mean, that's very much changed since then. So my partner comes to the house and he's like, "I really want it. I want to try it." And I'm like, "You know what?" I'll do it if, if you do it. Like, I want you to know how this feels. I want you to know that this is uncomfortable and can be painful. And I want you to know what it's like. So that way you're not pushing me so hard. We're looking around my house, like, what can I put up your butt? You know, I was like 21, 22. So I didn't really have a lot of sex toys. So I'm just looking around. I found a pencil and... <laughs> like the eraser side? The, the eraser side, I'm assuming. Like, was it, was it not sharpened or okay? <laughs> No, 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 no. It was not sharpened. An unused pencil. He only let me put like the eraser in. Like he, I was trying to like really, I wanted him to feel it, you know? So I'm like, you know, putting, I'm barely touching his butthole and he's just like clenched and like this much goes in. He's like, okay, I did it. All right, cool. Can I put my dick in I'm like, there's no fucking way. You're comparing your own penis to a pencil. No, until you give me something with some, some yeah. fucking girth, bro, yeah. you're not entering me. Yeah. So that was uh, that was his first experience with it. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's not the same thing. Like you do have to, like it, it feels better when it's a little bigger up to a certain size, actually. Dudes, I'm just gonna let you know this. Like stop being punks about that. Wait, how many fingers do you allow? Oh uh, man, I think... I think when Jay was warming up, me up, she probably put like three in. So, okay, yeah, warm it up, right? Warm it up. Don't just like go straight to a cucumber. And and there's definitely training stuff you can do. I think one of the best things you could do as a guy is wear some sort of something in your, in your butt, like a butt plug or something, while you are having sex. Because it gives you like some anal stimulation while you are still doming and penetrating the other person. And so that might be a good place to start with it if you're a guy like Layla's taking notes. Like that. she's like, yeah, let me try that. I know you like that. I know. If you want to try it as a guy, I think that, you know, for a lot of guys, you'll like it a lot more than you think you would when you get into it. The last thing I want to say about this, though, Layla, you made a really good point that like, yes, 
for some reason, a lot of guys want to do anal and a lot of women don't, but it's like this porn thing. And I don't know why porn is obsessed with butthole play, but you know, I don't see that often. I don't see the male porn star orgasming often from anal sex. Well, do you think on in porn, that's just because it's harder to get the cum out of a butthole than it is out of a vagina? Because that's that, like they don't, they want the shot, you know, they want the money. Well, shot. like you can pull a dick out of a butt and go to a cum shot. I, in my experience, it's harder for me to orgasm from anal sex than it is from vaginal sex. Really? I'm shocked. It's way easier for me to orgasm from vaginal sex. I've heard that too. Really? Buttholes are tighter. They're tighter, but like once you're outside the ring of tightness and inside, vaginas are tight too. And they're like built for penises and and penile stimulation as part of sex. Like I just think the vagina feels better. Interesting. Do you think it's just the act? The fact that it's kind of taboo, it's kind of dirty, it's kind of like it's a little... I think it's you don't want me to, so I'm going to convince you to let me do it. It's going to hurt, so that's going to turn me on a little bit. It's naughty, it's dirty, all that stuff. It's I think what makes anal... Okay, what if what if the person is like, I love anal, it doesn't hurt me at all. I love everything about it. Please do anal with me. Does that take some of the intrigue away? Oh, I mean, if you have partners, like, we had a partner like that, that was like all about it. And we did it, but I didn't like orgasm that way. All I'm saying is like, is it fun? Yes. Once you get into it and someone can really handle it, it's a blast, right? Because you're like more holes to play with. All I was saying was that like, I just noticed that men don't orgasm in porn from that. And in my personal experience in life, it just, it doesn't feel the same way. I think that like, I think male orgasm comes from like friction underneath the head of the penis. And I don't think there's a lot of contact there as much as there is in is vaginally hmm. just my look i don't have any research to back this up just my you know observation over years of observing annie you want to wrap wrap with your lightning questions uh what is something you recently did that was fun sexually yeah sexually actually we did this last night we played and wanted to give me a hand job which was great sometimes i watch porn during that but what we did this time was we watched a uh, footage that we had with our own prior play partners while we were playing it's like watching ourselves play in the past with other people while we were currently playing was really hot i love that shit i that's what mostly that's what i get off to if i'm not watching porn hub watching usually if i'm watching porn it's like gangbang porn only or else i'm just watching my husband fuck other people yeah it's my favorite yeah watching your own work is the best mm-hmm. is the best what is something that you still want to try uh a cage it has been requested multiple times to like someone wants to be put in a cage. And so I've, I've like recruited a couple other people. So I think what we're going to do is put this person in the cage and then make them watch as, as I play with some other people until we let them out of the cage. I'm really excited about getting this cage. Etsy has some great cages, everyone. This is not a plug. This is not a sponsored <laughs> podcast. If you want a great sex, sex mask, some pasties and a cage, go to Etsy. Dear Lord. Yeah, our promo code for PetSmart is candid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, wait, hold on. Would you have a would you have a woman in the cage or a man watching his woman get fucked by you and M? Uh the plan right now is to have a woman in the cage. Because I think I want to do that. We're gonna use the cage this first way. And then I think you once you buy a cage, you're you're gonna use it. You gotta get your money's worth out of it. So we're going to use that cage for, for years to come. You know, six years from now when I have my first kid and they're putting on a timeout, you know, 
Like, the kid doesn't need to know who else has been in oh this cage. Oh my god, CPS is putting you on a fucking list as we speak! <laughs> That's a joke, you guys. I'm, I'm not going to put on child <laughs> For legal purposes, we are just joking. Yeah, yeah, I just got a disclaimer about that. <laughs> but no, I feel like that would be so hot if my husband and I brought, like, a couple home and then put the man in a cage and then he watched us pleasure his woman and then just left him in there for an exorbitant amount of time. Yeah. I haven't done a cuckold experience yet. So mm-hmm. like that, that would be interesting for me too, to like have a, like a guy who can't play. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would like it, but I could be wrong. That was my next question. Would you ever try, at least try it? Like, would you ever sit in a chair and just watch your partner get fucked really good by another dick? I've sat back and watched my, my partner play with a couple without me being involved for sure. Not a couple. I'm like, what if it was just a single man? Well, I mean, I do back off and like watch that sometimes at parties. So I I think I'd be okay with that. For me to be uninvolved in the whole experience for 20, 30 minutes, I think would be, I'm not a sub. I mean, the whole subject of this podcast, like, are you a sub or you're not? I'm not. So I think that would be torturous to me. Are you a switch? Would you consider yourself a switch? I wouldn't consider myself a switch. I consider my partner a switch. Oh, okay. You know, I know I, I spent time on this call talking about Jay and we have another friend named T who's done it since then too. It is a very short list. Most people wouldn't get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Very selective subbing. We can call that selective, selective subbing. Selective subbing. I just gave you a title for the episode. There you go. Done. You're welcome, selective Annie. Subbing. Last question. What is something you'd never do again? So first time I got subbed, I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, you know, some stuff came out. So then the next time I was like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be clean. So I went and bought an, uh, an enema. And so I didn't read the instructions. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to fill this thing with warm water, hop in the shower and like do this. You're not supposed to do this in the shower, you guys. Like it is not, it is a disaster in the shower. <laughs> and I discovered that. And the person who was coming to hang, come over, they were like five minutes away. <gasps> and there's like a, a crime scene in the shower. Oh, no. And so I remember, I remember running out to my partner with a towel on saying like, Hey, Hey babe. Hey, uh, she's outside. You think you can get her? I got to handle something. There's something went wrong. Uh, just don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Just go get them. And I like ran back in the bathroom and had to like clean this up and, and figure this out. And later I did tell them and they both got like a huge laugh out of it. So like, will I do the enema again? For sure if I'm going to go into the subspace, but like just not in the shower, fellas, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Well, I do use the shower and let me tell you what I do. If I'm preparing for like a big anal night, first of all, my diet will change that day. So I will drink juice, soup, usually like liquids. And then that evening I have a, I have something that I think I bought it on Amazon and it's a, like a long metal tube with poke holes on the top for the water to come out. right. 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 So you replace your shower head and you put it up your butt and you just wave it around and then you just release it into the shower. And usually if I, you know, have been doing the diet correctly, preparing for this, it's just like kind of little bits and pieces. The first time I did it, like the first two times I did it, I felt really nauseous. Like I felt sick to my stomach. So I don't recommend doing right. it if you are, you know, for the first time, if like you, like you, Brian, before you have a play partner, like on their way there. Definitely practice with it when you're at home by yourself and see what works for you and what doesn't. But that has actually been a huge game changer for me is that little device. Yeah, I mean, I think if you know it's going to be clean, you just don't know. So, you know, guys poop a lot. We eat a lot. <laughs> what you, you, oh. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, prepare yourself for what might be there the first time. I agree with you, Layla. I think that 
anything you're doing, it's best to do it by yourself the first time. If you're going to take Viagra for the first time, take it on your own. If you're going to try an enema, take it on your own. If you're going to do butt play, like try it by yourself first before you go bring someone else into, into the situation. So mm-hmm. I'm with that. I'm not opposed to the shower. Like I, I would just start at the toilet for sure. Yeah, if it doesn't go down the drain, you're in the wrong place. Yes. You got to squish it, scrub it, anything like that. No, you got to move. You got to move. Yeah, because like if it gets stuck and now water's backing up, you got to put something in there <laughs> to clean it up. It's just like a total disaster. I mean, this, this is gross. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, but like, listen, America, if you don't do this right, you're going to end up in this situation. You can, I, I'm warning you right now. Right. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough. I think we covered a lot today. We're going to have way more episodes. We have so many people that want to hop on and we can't wait to hear their stories too. Uh, we hope that if you're listening, you learned something today. Until we see you next time, uh, try something or try someone new. Love you guys.